This is Audible. Hello, I'm Ricky Gervais. The English biologist Thomas Huxley once wrote, To a person uninstructed in natural history, his country or seaside stroll is a walk through a gallery filled with wonderful works of art, nine-tenths of which have their faces turned to the wall. Teach him something of natural history, and you place in his hands a catalogue of those which are worth turning around. To some, the wonders and intricacies of the natural world are a miracle, living proof of the existence of God. To others, the natural world is a wondrous illustration of Darwinian evolution. To discuss the complexities of plant and animal life, I'm joined by Stephen Merchant, graduate of the University of Warwick and award-winning writer. Thank you so much for having me. And Carl Pilkington, a man with no qualifications, very little education, but who is now known the world over as a man with a head like a fucking orange. Alright. Natural history obviously takes in everything to do with animals, plants, bacteria, which are in neither group. Um, I should start by just saying, Carl, that the natural world is so diverse that we don't even know how many species there are. Conservatively, there's two million species of animals. I mean, without even taking in plant life, there are at least two million species of animal. With plants and animals, there could be up to ten million species. Um, there are 37,000 different species of spider alone. What do you think of that? Uh, it's a lot. It is, isn't it's it? A lot. But if, if, if there's loads of stuff out there that we don't know about, and we don't know what it's doing, is it that important? Is it worth finding them now? Well, yeah. Why? Well, it may give us the key to unlock other mysteries. A spider won't. Well, it might do. A spider won't be unlocking well, any that, mysteries. Well, that's, that's totally... Plants are different. I, th I reckon no, there's a natural no, cure for everything no, out there. because there's loads, there's loads of animals that have toxins that, uh, are used in medicine. Yeah, I know that we use dangerous spiders to get rid of headaches or whatever, or they do in the tribes, right? Yeah, Do you want to just expand on that point? Um, it's just, uh, that's what they do in tribes. Who's they've got they? all natural, all these tribes, they've got, they've got all natural remedies. They, you know, they go, what, what's up with you? You got a sore ankle, chew on this twig. And it works. I've seen it. They've, they've sent women out there and, like, they couldn't believe the stuff they can do with twigs and trees and hedgehogs and stuff. Mm. It wasn't say, an in-depth analysis, was no. it? What I'm saying- They just sent some women out there. <laughs> no, they, 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 apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mm. reckon the, the stuff that's got venom in it, that's useful, mm. we probably know about all them. Because well, it's, really, it doesn't make any sense. We right, probably know right, about all of them. What, what I mean is the police know about the gangsters. But right. they go, right, we're aware of them, right. let them get on with it. We'll keep our eye on them. And it's the same in the jungle. The spiders, the deadly ones you're aware of, the ones that are just pottering about, you go, don't even worry about them, don't even give them a name. They're not <laughs> doing anything. <laughs> but what if there's another poisonous spider they haven't identified yet, they're lurking in the undergrowth? I'd be very surprised. So but you'd be very surprised? I'd be surprised if there was something- It sounds like laziness on your part. But they're know, discovering new species all the time. We know about all the dangerous stuff now. Because we have to, we live no, in a world don't. now. We do, we know about a lot of the dangerous stuff. Whenever they find something new now, it's like a well, new look, butterfly or- Well no, well no, look at AIDS. What? When I was a kid, I'd never, never heard of AIDS. Yeah, but that's not a natural thing, is it? That's not like a spider or- What do you a, mean a it's not a natural thing? 
It's not a, it's not a natural thing. It's not something that's- AIDS hasn't been like living under the soil for millions of years going, I'll wait till the 1980s and I come out and kill a load of people. No, but it is a natural thing. It's a new thing. thing. Yeah, it's new. Yeah, but loads of animals are new, aren't they? Not in- not- I mean, it, uh, evolutionary terms, there's new animals I'm in sure, evolution. I'm sure there's new stuff deep down that's just like, almost like bacteria. Sat under the soil, it'll never come to the top. Right? It's like having- having an old woman who's a neighbour. She never goes out, she doesn't bother you. Let her be. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what if that old neighbour could unlock the secrets to- I don't think she can. Just to, even to us understanding the- the complexities of the universe, of because the way things have developed and grown. Because we know about it. Well, why would we know about it? Because I never understand why is it you want to stop researching and studying now? Why is it that you're happy to to just draw a line under everything else? What if people had said this back in the 19th century? We've done this. We've done this. I think someone in the 1900s we uh, said everything that's going to be invented has been invented, and and then look what happened in that century. Yeah, and I've said to you, look at the stuff that is being invented now. The frisbee and stuff like that. It's all, it's all, it's all stuff that, right. that you kind of go. It's all right. It's a good idea, but it, we don't need yeah, it. Yeah, but the frisbee wasn't being worked on by the top brains of our generation. That was some novelty toy that some manufacturer made. Yeah, but it's like look at the fuss we made over that fella who came up with a Dyson vac. Everyone was like, he's up there with Einstein. Well, he's not. Uh, it's a good vac. It cleans up floors well and everything. Who said he's up there with <laughs> Einstein? It's PR of, people. In please. one of those programs where they did like great inventions of our time, it was easy early on. You go Einstein, you know, Newton did this, Archimedes, Dyson. <laughs> and that's, they started to run out because it is harder to come up with something new now. Because everything that's needed, remember, the things we've invented are things that we sort of go, we could do with that. Inventors don't sit there going, what can I make? Oh, I need a toaster. They've sat there, they've burnt the toast under the grill and they've gone, I need some sort of device here. Well, somebody, yeah, 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 yeah. And what can it do? I'll shake Necessity it like is the mother of invention. Yeah. However, there are, uh, uh, people who sit around going, where, where's a, you know, a loophole in the market? Where's a little, where's well, a Well, here's something. About what? a year ago, I came up with a see-through toaster. So that you can see how much the toast is cooked. Right. I found it about two months after that. Someone had done it. Right. So I've just been beaten to the post. Yeah, but all you're really doing, Carl, is That's modifying that. an existing invention. What, where, where, other examples are being pipped at the post, are well, there? It's gotta be one that hasn't been done. Or it's not your theory. But also what? something that unlocks a mystery. Or helps the world. What's causing problems in the world at the moment that needs sorting? Well, cures for things. Uh, Faster transport, uh, to, to anything to do with security, anything to do with well-being. You I know, mean, obviously, environmental concerns are a big issue. People trying to design automobiles that Fuel. can run on different yeah. alternative fuels. I met a bloke on a conference once who sent a drawing to Blue Peter. It was their design a car of the future, and he sent them a drawing that was a car, and the only innovation was that you can have a shit while driving. <laughs> and then it, he put, he put shit goes down pipe which becomes fuel. They must have looked at that and gone, what a mania. I think that's a brilliant, I mean I've driven long way. I drove to Cornwall recently and I would have loved But I think he did it when he was about nine seat. and he must have thought, oh I'm being driven to school, oh I need the toilet, wouldn't it be good? But why hasn't, why hasn't that been done? What? Well, like Steve says, I've been in the same situation when you're driving and you go, oh, where's the service station? You see a sign saying 36 miles. So what would you- You're so in agony. So you suggest pull your trousers down and shit down in the seat that's a toilet. Yeah, well, what's wrong with that? Well, you got your nan in your back. She's got one as well. 
Oh, so you are going to Cornwall all shitting? <laughs> well, not all the time, but he's, he's, he's more useful to me than a lighter. So also, what, at Where'd what you point wash do you wa wa wash your hands or yeah. wipe your arse? At what point does that occur? Oh, at the end of the journey. <laughs> oh, God! So, you get in, you have a shit at Deptford, and you wipe your arse at uh, Paul Perro. Yeah, but like I've said to you, this isn't like just people going, oh, I think I'll have one. You need one? Not really, but it's something to do, isn't it? I'm sick of playing I Spy, I'm having a shit. You have it when you really need one. When you have to pull off a motorway, it's a lot of messing about. There's probably gonna be a queue at the toilet. No more queues at toilets. Ten minutes, Rick, that takes, doesn't it? Ten, Ten minutes yeah. to pull Ten minutes. off, have a quick shit. Driving along, just, it's just going on. It's just going on, don't even know about it. Radio's on, everyone's happy. Doesn't matter. I don't know, I mean, we all do it as well, that's the thing. Anything else you'd, uh, come up with? I mean, so far you come up with nothing. That was a, a, a nine-year-old boy's idea. <laughs> I mean, the Breville maker wasn't needed. <laughs> that's true! That's What's right? the Breville maker? <laughs> like toasted sandwiches. <laughs> but there's so many things, chocolate fountains, anything like that. I just go, what are these? Who's invented these? Who's okayed this idea? And yet I can't have a shit on the motorway. <laughs> Think of computers. What about them? Well, I mean, that's in the in the last few years, you know, uh, in a, a hundred years in our existence. Okay, they've been dabbling with anything even close to a computer. No, nothing before that. Yeah, c computers are a good thing, and it baffles me as to how they came about. When you think a, a computer chip is just made out of sand. Now, for someone to come up with that, you go, this, there must have been some sort of alien involved here. What do you mean? Why <laughs> do you think that? <laughs> so, I love it. So, the frisbee, rubbish, anything too clever, well, it wasn't an invention, it was an alien. <laughs> so, there's nothing between frisbee and computer chip. <laughs> what I'm saying is, it's not even an idea, is it? What do you mean? A computer chip, where's that come from? Oh, it's amazing. Well, that, it's it, astounding, it, yeah. So you think it was an alien? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> great! Because I, I can't believe that someone would go, right, I want to make something that will hold information and be able to do- I know, let's use some sand, we've got loads of that. You, you go, what, you, you don't- Well, that's what genius is, though, But Carl, there's no alien involved. No, but when I say alien, I don't mean an alien came down here and said, you know, oh, do you want to buy this? There could have been, <laughs> yeah. uh, a, a spaceship, uh, crash, right? Right, yeah. And- there's all them rumours, isn't they, in that anger. They've got the spaceship, they take it apart, they go, yeah, wheels, we've got them, yeah, 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 steering wheel, yeah. And then they go, hang on, what's this here? And they find the chips, and they break it down, and they find Carl, the sand. but that as an explanation to human genius is nearly as ridiculous as the Adam and Eve explaining, uh, life on Earth. Uh, how could you tell that to someone without going red? I mean, I always worry about that, where people, like people who believe in Adam and Eve, don't they wish there was a slightly better explanation? With all the evidence but, we've but, got, but do you know what I mean? With all the evidence for evolution, what? that they think the Earth is 5,000 years old, and God made Adam out of some dust, and then he went, oh, I need a bird. It's alright, I'll make it out of your rib. Yeah, right? but there's loads of things that you go, oh, this is a bit embarrassing. I bet Charles Darwin, when he said, we've all come from apes, I bet he sat home going, should I tell them about the frisbee first? But the fact that sand makes computer chips is not the interesting thing. The interesting thing is how the human being discovered that, uh, what am I talking about, sand <laughs> makes computer <laughs> chips, that silicon can have information, uh, 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 put on it. But we're made out of 
oxygen, nitrogen, carbon, yeah. do you know what I mean? And hydrogen. It, that, yeah, but fascinate. that's nature. You see, yeah. nature is amazing. You can't beat nature, right? No. It comes up with some amazing things. Yeah, but man is nature. Don't forget that we are, we're an animal. We're a brilliant ape. Now, it's, it's, it's clear to any sensible, reasonable, educated person that, that we did evolve from, um, uh, apes, or rather, we had, uh, a common ancestry and that we're closest to, to the chimpanzee. We're actually 98.6% genetically identical to a chimpanzee, Carl. Um, we're closer to a chimp than a chimp is to a gorilla, genetically speaking. I just find that hard to believe when you Well, I'm at telling you it's true, so no, what, no, what, what, what are you finding hard to believe? Well, your eyes, your own eyes are what, what sort of comes up with a lot of, uh, thoughts. No, you know, no, no, no. One's eyes don't come up with thoughts. No, Two, but what I'm saying you, is, what you through, mean is, through you, your own eyes, you look at things and make up your own decisions. So if there was no Darwin or anything, yeah. and I was sat somewhere, and someone yeah. said, "Right, we're going to bring a few animals in." One of them's related. Right. Uh, they're all related. All right, but but they're all related to you, but one's not so long ago, right? And they brought them in, and they lined them up, and there was a chimp stood there. Yeah. And a gorilla. Mm. And, uh, what's another one? Orangutan. Right, yeah. Right, a girl, the orangutan, send that out. I'll <laughs> be first to go. So he's definitely not linked to me. Mm. Uh, See, I disagree, but there we go. That's yeah. just looking at you. Yeah, yeah. so the, the air colouring. There's none of that in our family. Well, there's no air. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that it loses out because it's ginger. So that's gone. Right, so I'm left with a gorilla and a chimp. Yeah. I would go for the gorilla. Well, it's a good guess, but you'd be wrong. Um, so we are much closer to the chimpanzee, okay? 98.6% genetically identical. Think of that. We only differ on 1.4% of well, our that, genetic that, that, makeup. That must be the arse. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot different. <laughs> rights is uh, is a hot topic it's a big issue what rights should they have uh, how do they compare to humans you know uh, it's a well-known fact that we test on animals um, with the assumption that humans are more important we test drugs on animals and uh, we're basically saying if they die they die we'll learn something from them people do make distinctions between animals right they, they know that it's probably more acceptable to kill an ant uh, than uh, a cow. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we, it, I think it, that comes again from how close are they to humans? Have they got a face? But that's are the, they furry? I told you, you know, about me, my dad's mate who had a who had a monkey and he had to thump it. What? Why, 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 there's two things there. One, why did he have a monkey? Two, what sort of discipline is thumping a monkey? What was the monkey doing? He kept, he was annoying his wife a lot and sort of, you know, pinching her ass and stuff like that. Right, no, right. that's Wait, not we, true. We, we've not never true. heard this before. How have we had all these no, years I'm of sure monkeys and we've never heard this ages before? Ago. Your dad had a mate who had a monkey? Yeah, I'm sure I told you. That, well, why did he have a monkey? Just for a laugh? Well, it was back in the day when y people did. They all had, like, <laughs> odd, in, sort of pets and that, didn't they? In like about 68. Oh, in 1968. Like when, oh, when everyone had a monkey. But he had to thump it. Now the weird thing is. Now that's weird enough. Is this the, this is all the story? This is the entire story? No. You've got all the information you've got is he had a monkey and he had to thump it? Yeah, my dad told me about it. When he found out that I, I was into monkeys, he said, oh, 
Benny thumped one. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Benny thumped one! Oh, my son's into natural history, particularly, uh, Simeon variety. Um, I've got an interesting fact for you, Carl. Sit down. What is it, Peter? Um, Benny thumped one. But, Brilliant. But, but what was interesting uh, is the way that people are thumping other people all the time. No one bats an eyelid. Thump a monkey. People go, you thumped a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes, they do! They do yeah. go, you thumped a monkey. So, so that's what's weird, isn't it? But this chimp doesn't want to be caged and kept in a fucking council house in Manchester. No, he was, he was quite happy. And if it he wants to live happy. like a human, I mean, in the 70s, you know, there were all, all the teabag adverts and all that, and they were loving that. No, they and weren't people loving interfere. it. People go, oh, that's unfair. Now they, they're in, like, a cage in a zoo. You go, they, it was better when I was pushing a piano up a stairs. They weren't really, they weren't really- They weren't actual delivery, man. They weren't really sitting down and having a cup of tea. Well, it wasn't a documentary. <laughs> a, a, a week in the life of the monkey delivery, oh, man. I love that. Chimps in a zoo now going, okay, now, we, at, least we were, at least we were free, eh? Remember when we used to drive a van? And, we and we're on 58 quid a week. Yeah. They're not meant to be kept in a house in Manchester. Cruel to keep a person in a house in Manchester, so it's fucking cruel to keep a monkey. <laughs> are you aware, Carl, that 99% of all forms of life that have existed on Earth are now extinct? So there's only 1% of everything that's ever been still alive? Yeah. But that's just as well, isn't it? Why? Well, I think it's pretty crowded now. So it's just as well. You see, this is this is what I'm saying now. Years ago, they accepted that cavemen wouldn't have been going. Oh, we're losing stuff. Stuff's dying. Whereas now, everyone's oh, the panda, polar bears, not got any ice, and all that. At the end of the day, the world's only so big. We know it's not getting any bigger, right? Stuff's got to die, hasn't it? You can't keep everything. Just think of that though, as a tool of natural selection, that the species that are surviving today are one percent. Just how amazing that is to survive and evolve. How perfect everything is on Earth. It's amazing. No, but, but it'll drop off again, won't it? As we find in new stuff, other stuff will be dying. Well, in that one percent, when that was written, when that statement was made, was the dodo gone or was it still here? It was- I'm pretty sure it was the gone. dodo was gone. It was gone already. It doesn't matter though, does it? A percentage is a percentage. Yeah. The dodo went. The last yeah. dodo died. They yeah. said that was the last dodo. No yeah. more dodos. <laughs> but- we found a, this a Dido still making great great cheers. albums, great albums. Great, yeah, we, we lost the Dodo, but we got Dido. A recent album's not sold very well, actually. It's, it's dying out, I've dying out. Everything yeah. has a lifespan. Dido's uh, dying out. But uh, and I think that's that's life. So it's not amazing, really. That's that not that either anymore. No, that's not either. That's life's gone. That's gone. That was good. What else? Mr. Ranson forced to just hang out in the jungle. Yeah, it? it's a shame. When I went to Nat Natural History Museum, there was mm. a thing called a. Scyther ear or something. Right. Died out ages ago. No one knows about them. Which is weird because everyone knows about the dodo. Well, yeah. that's because it died out, uh, in, I think that, uh, was it 18th century or something, wasn't it? Well, we, you know, within what might, what might term recent history. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, this thing's sort of, I don't think it was far behind it. It's just timing, isn't it? Got all, that got more press, the dodo. The Scyther <laughs> ear, or whatever it's called. Mm. It was a big thing. It well, was a you've, cross. You've seen it and you still don't know what it's called. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's spelled awkwardly. <laughs> but it's, uh, but they said it was a cross between a moose and a giraffe. <laughs> now, we don't need that, do we? At no, no point have we said, do you know what we need here to get us through this? Well, that's you funny because when um, they first named the giraffe, they called it the camelopard. Because they thought it was a cross between uh, a camel and a leopard. Really? Yeah. 
Well, I can tell you that when zoologists examined a platypus for the first time, some of them thought it might have been a hoax because they thought it could have been different parts of different animals sewn together because the platypus has the fur of an otter, the tail of a beaver, the bill and feet of a duck and the venomous spurs of a fighting gamecock. So they assumed that uh, it's like a, a scrappy hoax. challenge of animals. <laughs> yeah, I remember right. But we they actually, sorry, sorry, to say, well, just to clarify that, it actually is descended from a link between reptiles and mammals almost 150 million years ago, a sort of living fossil. When I was about 13, 14, I once tried to improve the animal kingdom by making the hardest animal ever, the most perfect animal. Now, just to clarify, you didn't, in sort of Frankenstein style, no. try and bolt various bits of animals together. It, it was a drawing that I sent to Blue Peter. There was no competition going on. You just thought they would be appreciated. I thought they'd, they'd look at that and they'd go, well, this is, these are genius. Yeah. This is like Da Vinci. Sure. Um, and this is the animal. This is what I thought, the perfect animal. I mean, when I say perfect, I meant the hardest animal. This right. animal, it could take anything. It was just the strongest, hardest, fastest, right? Yeah. So... I started with the head of a lion. Of course, that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it looks good. <laughs> but anyway, okay. Yeah. I popped that on the body of a rhinoceros. Okay, so it's got the toughness, oh, the armour, if you like. The, the, oh, it's full strength. Head yeah. of a lion. Think of that. So you've got this picture. Head of a lion, body of a rhino. Perfect. Okay. Hold on, though. Pop some arms on it. The front arms were the arms of a gorilla. The arms of a gorilla. So okay. it could punch, grip, it could make stuff. The lion, I mean, that's where the lion falls down, because it can't make stuff. Sure. It can't climb, you know. So, okay then, wait a minute. You think that's got enough weaponry? Sounds like it. No. Pop on the tail of a giant scorpion. <laughs> a giant scorpion? Yeah, yeah. So, so a scorpion that's, that's the size so of a rhinoceros. Exactly. So the tail was as long as that rhino. So now right. this is a scary animal. Yeah. And this is where the animal fell down. Uh, I thought, right, legs. Well, the fastest animal is the cheetah. Cheetah. Popped on four cheetah legs. Four cheetah legs. It would have collapsed. Crushed under it the It would have collapsed immediately. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. yeah. And you, you drew this, did you? Drew it, yeah. Did you show it to anyone? Yeah, other my mates it? went, that's brilliant. Right. They said, that's brilliant. <laughs> And, uh, then just sent straight to Blue Peter. Yeah. Any reply? No reply at all. Really? No reply Surprised. at all. What do you think of that, Carl? What would you, what, how would you, though, what would, if you wanted to make the ultimate fighting animal, what would you come up with? If you had the power, like that fella in Arabian Nights, size of a chimpanzee, you could change into anything, but you could change into, you know, like that. I don't think I'd go for strength and that. I'd go for survival. What would you do? Uh, Cockroach. I'd have, uh, I'd have, like, uh, an armadillo's body. Right. Okay. So you've, that's, th that's as big as you can be now, then. So you, you, you can't really pop on a lion's head, because it'd just lay there, going, I can't fucking move. All right. I'd have, uh, head of an owl. Right? The head of an owl? Yeah, why, 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 come on, why, what does that bring to the table? The head's there to sort of make it look friendly to so the human race. So, okay. because if you look half decent to the human race, they'll, mm. they'll look after you. Right. That's the way it works, yeah. right? okay. with a cat and a dog and all that. Mm. Okay. So the owl makes it look nice. Right. I'd have, uh, I wouldn't have legs, I'd go for like the slug juice. <laughs> so now, you're a really slow-moving legless armadillo with the head of an owl. Slithering along. 
How yeah. is that going to be friendly? They'll be, they'll see the beautiful face, but then they'll be terrified by the sludge. No, because the head's that nice that they'll, they'll forgo the, uh, the sludge. But hold on though, but wait a minute, so this got, it's got this thing that's stuck, right, going at 0.1 miles an hour, with a, going hoo, right, you come over, you kick the head off. How is this No, because the head can go into the thing like a tortoise. Can it? Yeah. Of course it can. Into so, the armadillo body. Well, no, an armadillo doesn't do that. It just curls up into no, a ball. No, this isn't an armadillo, is it? So it's- oh, Why has it got the slug- Why because is that so attractive? what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking is, an armadillo, they're good when they're on their feet. Flip them, they get stuck. Like a tortoise. Right. Slug stuff keeps it down. <laughs> so if anything attacks it, it's like a limpet or one of them things that can- Why have a limpet stuff. then? But, but, but it no. can't get any- how- it can barely move, it can just hardly go get just anywhere. Just go and kick it. What just this- can't get But anywhere. how can it escape from danger? It's gonna move very slowly. No, what, it'll that's lock, the worst it'll animal. It'll it'll lock itself in. Yeah, and then I'll just scoop it up on the you sand. You can't scoop it up. It locks itself in if it's in danger. I'd give it peacock feathers. <laughs> Why has it got peacock heard? feathers? Again, this, this, it's just- It's, it's just the so worst animal you- I've ever heard. Why is it got peacock feathers? Threatening. It looks more threatening. It that's does, what, that's the least do. threatening thing, peacock feathers. It's like Danny LaRue coming at you. There's yeah. nothing remotely scary about peacock feathers. Yeah, to humans. Yeah. But the humans won't be harming it because they like the owl head. People will like to have these things in the garden. Hmm. Uh, they eat lettuce. They eat lettuce? They eat lettuce? Why has it got a beak? They eat lettuce, he's telling them what he's gonna eat now, the owl's going, fuck that, I want a mouse. I love the fact that he's based what it eats on the fact that how it moves a bit like a slug. Yeah, they'd eat lettuce. Yeah. It moves that, and they'd eat lettuce. Like I said, it's not that weird if that, if that existed. If that was normal, like when you went out to empty your bin, there was one of them sliding up the wall. <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't even double take, it'd just be like, oh there's the, uh, the owl head peacock feathered thing. I don't know why he's climbing walls in an effort to find lettuce. Yeah, why is it climbing up that wall? Because that's the only way it can see properly. Because its head's coming out like that. <laughs> so even though you've designed this animal, now it's you're even explaining <laughs> its, its limitations. Well, it's, 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 it's mainly made as uh, to be on walls. Because <laughs> <laughs> what else is living on walls? <laughs> oh God! Oh fucking hell! What a useless animal that is. Carl, I mean. But nature chucks up odd things, doesn't it? Don't. Why are we starting on this again? No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying that is nature. Okay. Now and again, you'll get, you'll get stuff that. Oh, was he looking at you? Yeah. Was he? <laughs> Look at his fucking head. Look at his stupid round fucking orangey head and oh. Why, why aren't you a freak? You've got a little bald head. We're not meant to be bald. Well, I, I was. I think that's the thing. That's what nature's done. You see, I didn't do anything with my hair when I had hair. I didn't style it, I didn't do anything with it, and it probably thought, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas people who love their hair, and they comb it and have different styles and look after it, they have hair for ages. Nonsense. No, it's nonsense, absolute well, nonsense. Well, you're saying Absolute nonsense. Well, it's a little bit weird then, isn't it? And that's what happens with old people, once they lose their, you know, will to live, once they lose the job, they get old, what's my purpose? What am I doing here? And it's like nature goes, you're not needed, and they die. Maybe that's what happened with the dodo. What's it doing? It can't fly. Its wings are useless. Eat it. Tastes horrible. Kill it. <laughs> no, they did Nature. eat it. I think they did eat yeah, it. Yeah, but it wasn't very nice, was it? I, th I think they over-farmed it. I think that's why it was extinct. Because they did eat it. 
No, but they did eat it, but they didn't like it. Everybody, you never, you never saw like a fully eaten carcass of a dodo. You're it making this up again. Eaten. All conjecture. No, but they, they didn't eat it all. Everybody would probably try it and go, it's not for me, though. <laughs> but you don't know no this. No idea, you don't you're just know making this. it up. What's this based on? I've the people, and also, why would that kid it out? Because, I'll tell you why. why. Because if it's not nice, people don't go, don't get another one in. And they die out. The reason we've got loads of chickens and loads of cows is because we eat them. If we ate polar bears, we wouldn't be short of them. Because <laughs> you'd farm it, you'd take more care, but what's a polar bear doing? Sat on a block of ice floating about. <laughs> <laughs> it's no use to us, is it? It sounds harsh. Once again, no got his information from a glacier mint advert. No, it's no, it's no use <laughs> to us. We know they're there, and it's all very sad when you see them on the news sort of struggling and all that. Yeah. But it's gonna make them stronger. Mm. If scientists could bring back to life the creatures that have uh, existed in the past. Do you think that's a good idea or a bad idea? Bad idea. Bad idea? Yeah. Now, leaving aside the horrors of Jurassic Park, do you think for research purposes it might be a useful idea? Um, I don't think it is. It's, for me, it's like a friends reunited. It's like, <laughs> it's like people who you knew ages ago getting back in touch and you go, I don't want to get in touch with you. <laughs> that was then. And it's the same with a mammoth. That was then. You had your day. It didn't work out. Now, to bring it back, it's unfair. You're messing with nature anyway. I think I've said to you before about, I don't know what they do with them. They're massive things. I think it's, it's like, it, it, they're just not thinking about it. It's like rushing into buying furniture. That's massive. And then you get it back and you go, can't get it through the door. No, I don't be like that with a mammoth. Where no, are you putting them? Oh, I didn't think of that. But what about if you could say you could feed the third world with mammoth meat? But what's wrong with, 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 we've got loads of cows and stuff. Why do they need a mammoth? No one even knows what it tastes like. Imagine that. You bring it back and you've got another dodo on your hands. <laughs> no, People go, this is well, this is horrible. Well, they used to eat them, cos they, again, what they, what humans found out is they, uh, they could take down a mammoth, but they got greedy and they found out they could, uh, they could chase them and so they'd go over an edge of a cliff. And what they did, they went crazy and they used to herd them and they'd all die, but of course then they'd waste the meat because they couldn't eat it all. Yeah. Well that's, that's, uh, I think that's why we shouldn't bring them back because they are too big. So even if- Didn't hear a word of what you said then, didn't you? No, no I did. You can, everyone can eat them, but the yeah. problem is they're so big that you couldn't eat it quick enough so it all went off. Yeah, but I was saying that they killed too many at once. Yeah, I know. <laughs> No, I heard that. I heard that. But what I'm saying is, why not bring back an animal that's smaller, manageable mm. for everyone? Yeah. Um, that's why the chicken is perfect. <laughs> Out of all the animals, perfect. Good size, feeds a family of four. <laughs> Whilst it's alive, it's giving you eggs. I agree. So and it well, tastes nice. But it doesn't if you think it's not having a good life. If suddenly, suddenly said to me, I stopped eating it because. I found out about how badly they were treated like ten years ago and at least I have organic. And honestly, eating an animal that's been tortured doesn't taste nice. Foie gras would make me vomit. The yeah. thought of it, the evil involved in torturing a goose because the liver tastes slightly better. I mean, where does it end? I think if they looked after, they don't want to die. Then the ones in a nice warm little, you know, hut, being fed lovely food, you're going, right, we're going to cut your head off and they're probably like, oh god, I'm, I'm going to miss this, I'm loving this life. Whereas the one sat in its own shit's going, have me first, I'm sick of it. There's all, there's different ways of looking good, at it. Good point. So what you're saying is, give animals a bad life, torture them, and they'll be happy when you eat them. Brilliant. But we've ordered a, what's it? We've ordered a turkey. Right. It's way too big. So I don't know what we're gonna do with it. And it's worrying me now, actually. <laughs> It'll be <laughs> nice on Christmas Day, but it's my job to look after the kitchen and everything tidy up. 
And I know, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it all. <laughs> the fact that he's been given a job to make him worthwhile, really, it's like but, a little home. No, but a chicken. Like, uh, your chicken. Arthur, you're, you're washing up today, aren't you? Yeah, Arthur's job. And that's the problem with, with a mammoth. I think the idea of it's probably quite pleasant. You go, oh, that's something new to, to try out. But afterwards, when you got to tidy it up and stick it in cling film, you'll be going, how much of this have we got? <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't bring back the mammoth. Um, Brilliant. Charles Darwin, of course, once <laughs> said, uh, I cannot persuade myself that a beneficent and omnipotent god would have created parasitic wasps with the express intention of their feeding within the living bodies of caterpillars. Mm. His point being that, you know, uh, creatures and their reproductive cycles are so complicated, so intricate, so bizarre, that that alone is proof of the non-existence of God. Where do you stand on that? Um... It's, it's pretty weird. We talked about it ages ago, didn't we, about the wasp that has a thing growing in it and all that. Um... Lays its egg in a spider. Yeah, and then the spider goes mad, doesn't it? Because uh, we fucking can't lay your eggs in me, you fucking stripey wanker. Goes absolutely fucking mad. It is weird. I what's going up my arse in a couple of you fucking... Dunno, I don't know how it, how it found out that that's what it had to do. That's the amazing thing, isn't it? Well, it didn't, did it? It just did it. No, I know, but when I say found out, I mean it just did it. Well, it's like mimicry when they say mimicry, you know, that there's there's a, a poisonous snake and then a snake comes along that looks a bit like it that's not poisonous, but people go, oh, careful, it's poisonous. That snake didn't go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna strain and I'm gonna try and look like scary over there. Some were born that looked a bit like scary and they survived. Yeah, I know. It's just being chosen. But that's changing now, isn't it? The fact that... Like, when them frogs came out, that are dangerous, they were just dangerous. What frogs came out? But... Some frogs in the jungle somewhere that were, like, pretty dangerous. Yeah. You from Mattel. Dangerous frogs in the jungle. <laughs> yeah. But they... But people didn't know that yeah. they were dangerous. And they were going about killing loads of stuff. Anyway. They weren't going... No, they don't go around killing loads of stuff. Nature said, this is a bit unfair. Make them orange. So, then, the frogs that were orange were dangerous, but... You got a warning. It's a bit more fair. Nature said, if they're gonna go about being dangerous, make them orange, make them stand out. In a jungle, orange stands out in all the green, right? So people went, there's an orange frog, stay away. Then over time, nature went, right, what's, hap what's happened there now? Everyone knows the orange frog's dangerous. Birds aren't eating it because they know it's dangerous. Mm. People are avoiding it. They don't even need the poison, it's just the orange it needs. So now you've got a load of frogs that are orange, not even deadly, but people go, is that a deadly orange one, or is it a friendly one? Well, best to leave it. Again, he's explained my point, but took yeah. 30 times as long over but it. Also, but listen, let me finish what I was gonna say. But what's, what's interesting with all that is, evolution has taught stuff to lie. Cause that orange frog isn't deadly, it's going about like it's the big I am. <laughs> yeah. You could squash it with your hand, you can't do anything. <laughs> But evolution is swaggering has, around. Has, 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 it's made it lie. So lying is part of evolution. But and it's not lying, is it? What do you mean? <laughs> well, it's got no but the poison. interesting thing about um, like a toad that uh, secretes a poison is that um, often it's no good for it as an individual, but it's good for the species as a whole because someone will come along and, and chew it. Now that toad might well die, but that fox is sick and it doesn't eat another one. 
So it's sort of saving the species. Yeah, but at the same time, the dodo tasted rubbish. Everybody said, yeah, no, you want to know that. We don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know that. I have, I have read it. I've read that they don't taste very nice. But it didn't Why stop doesn't it, it taste out. very nice? Why it's just, in the same way that chicken's nicer than duck. You can't all have nice tasting flesh. Pork's alright, but I prefer beef. <laughs> <laughs> Point proven. Good night. So, what I'm saying is with the dodo, um, it did taste horrible, but everyone wanted to give it a go. Meanwhile, it's different people trying it, so it died out in the end anyway. So your theory of a frog being poisonous and a fox going, yeah, that's horrible, I won't eat another one of them. Then you get another fox trying one, and another fox. They don't all have a word with each other, do they? They're going, I had a rotten frog the other night. So it's pointless. It's a pointless exercise. What I like is your image of nature. This idea that sort of, in your head, there's mother nature sat around like a boardroom table. Yeah. Making these decisions. People are coming in, oi, frog, what's been going on? Well, I've been poisoning people. Why? What about you? It's just, you just picture everything as one large you, 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 Your confusion is that they, you still think of evolution has a will. You still believe that things are striving to be something else, as opposed to surviving if they adapt or change. I just want to, um, go through some of the, uh, the wonderful diversity of, uh, nature. Um, some of the incredible feats of, uh, the animal kingdom, in a way. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Alligators and old people have something in common. They can hear notes only up to 4,000 vibrations a second. I don't know what you meant to do with that information. <laughs> <laughs> When's that ever coming, Andy? When a band's getting together, they don't go, no, we're after <laughs> crocodiles and old people. What sort of tune do they like? It's pointless. <laughs> not, not impressed, okay. Um, scientists have applied electrode to the pleasure centre in a rat's brain. The rat pressed a lever 48,000 times over a full day in order to receive that shock that seemed to him pleasurable. Choosing the simulator instead of having water or food or sex. So it, it chose that virtual pleasure, well not virtual pleasure, it gave it real pleasure, but an artificial stimulus rather than the real thing like food or water it or never sex. never ate and had water. It never yeah, had it a change. Could, no, it was addicted. It just, it loved this l electrode. It was giving it, it just made it feel good. It was getting as much pleasure from that as the real thing, from sex or, or food. Yeah, but with, with any pleasure you get sick of it, don't you? If you have too much of it. Well, it had 48,000 hits in a day. But I like having a Twix. But if I have more than four a week ago, I'm, I've, I've ruined that little pleasure I used to like. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, what did he do the second day? No, did he go the, near the, the machine the second day? No, no. Well, there you go then. No, 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 no. But what you're saying is this, right? That Twix is failing to give you pleasure on that fifth Twix, but this succeeds every time because it's literally pleasure. It hits the part of the brain that says this is pleasurable. So, but my pleasure, uh, pleasure nerve. <laughs> that you're talking about in my head. <laughs> it lights up when it twicks. I, I don't think it ever lights up. Right. I don't think you've got a pleasure nerve. But it lights up when I have a Twix. Right. It lights up, uh, if there's something, if there's some chicken, right? It lights Fuck up me. if there's a- What a miserable cunt he is. You know, all, all, all loads of things. Chicken and Twix. That's no. it. That's all he lives for. No. Hang so, yourself, mate. So, what you're saying is, if I had that device that the rat's got, yeah. I'd just sit there, wouldn't I, hitting it, thinking, I can't be bothered going to the shop for a Twix, I'll just hit this button. Yeah. 
Think of this. So aggressive is the horned frog of Argentina that people believe that if the frog bites the lip of a horse, the horse will die. Actually, the frog's mouth contains no poison. It earned its fearsome reputation because it attacks animals many times its size. What do you think of a frog it's attacking ridiculous. a horse? I don't know what's going on. I don't know why that would happen. Why, why is it getting upset with a horse? Of all the things for a frog to be, like, getting cocky with, them two should never even meet. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> Because it's not, I mean, fights are normally over something, aren't they? Yeah. If you have a fight with someone, you're in my yard, or, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, you're fighting over something. A horse I and a frog. I it immediately goes back to the 1930s. Yeah. You're in my yard. But a horse and a frog. How did that disagree with that? they over? I don't, I don't understand what they've got in common. I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. I bet that's only happened once. It's a rare incident that someone's <laughs> put that in a book. <laughs> I can't imagine it. That that's happening a lot. That horses are being bit by frogs all over the shop. <laughs> oh, God! I saw this trailer for this documentary that said, uh, the man who's having a baby. And I turned on, and it's a woman going through a sex change, and she's pregnant. That's not a man having a baby. That's a woman having a beard. Having a breakdown. Uh, uh, what, what, why is that? What? That's a con. That is pure sense. It's a man having a baby. Look, the world's first... No, it's a woman. It's a woman. What do you think of that? What would you do for your doctor? And I came to you and went, Carl, listen, I'm having a bit of a rethink of these. Uh... I don't, uh, the penis, I hate it. I hate this cock. But what do you mean you hate it? I hate it, I don't want it there. It doesn't look right. It doesn't look right. It just sits there resting on these fucking awful testicles that I'm gonna get rid of. I want, I want this thrown away. Yeah, well, it's, you know, they're not a great look. <laughs> I know that, everyone knows that. It's just <laughs> the way they are. I mean, if we're all being honest, they're an odd design. I don't think anyone likes their own, do they? That's why we cover them. They're not a great thing, are they? <laughs> what is this not why we cover them, though, is it's it? It's part of it, I think. I think deep down, I mean, even if, like, I know you, you ate the Adam and Eve thing, but even if back then he was like, good God, cover them up. <laughs> even he had a leaf on. <laughs> no, but listen, right. So, are you thinking fundamentally, then, that aesthetically, the testicles and the penis isn't as good as it could be? What would you have there instead? Well, it's, it's designed that way, because that's the way it's got to be designed. It's more about function than, uh... Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing, isn't it? With, with modern technology... You need, you know, the, the thing is the testicles have to be outside, because they have to be a few degrees below body temperature. Yeah. Otherwise the Satoli cells die, which sort of feed the semen and all that, so, they, they, you know, to, to be functioning and sort of like fertile, they have to be outside, which is annoying, because I'd put a little rib cage around them, like that. I'd, I'd pop a rib cage round those, protect them, wear a cricket box, have that built in, so you cannot get a kick in, a swift kick in the bollocks no, that makes you feel sick. But it'd be better if they could sort of reverse up in a way that <laughs> they, they, they were hidden away. Right. Yeah. So that they were just, then you dropped them, it's like, right, we need to cool them down, be at it in about half an hour. Yeah. Zzz, drop them down. Yeah, like the gear on a, on an aeroplane, landing gear. Yeah, and, uh, landing gear down, and the bollocks and the cooling down. Or you could just, like, just pop them in the fridge for ten minutes. It's well, they could detach and you could pop them in the fridge. Yeah. Can you make me some breasts? Easy. Okay. 
Go on, you say easy, what are you gonna do, what's your plan? Just, uh, how do you do that? It's tablets, isn't it? <laughs> no, but- Testosterone, isn't it? <laughs> Testosterone? <laughs> Toblerone. I want to, yeah, I want some Toblerone. Just well, sort of pointy, pointy tits. Mm. Like Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you stop though? Suppose I came to you and said, uh, doctor, listen, um, I like the bollocks. I like the penis, but I don't like them where they are. I'd, I want them, I want them in the middle of my chest. I want yeah. breasticles. Yeah? The arse, I don't like it around the back, I can't see what's going on. Pop that on the front where the bollocks were. I want my arse where I can look down and see what's going on. Can you do it? I think it's just easier to move the head. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a big fan of Professor Richard Dawkins, the evolutionary biologist. He wrote a book, uh, The Ancestor's Tale, in which he predicted a post-human world. Uh, this was his, you know, his kind of hypothesis, if we were to, to, to uh, well, let me read what he's written. If nuclear war destroys humanity and most of the rest of life, a good bet for survival in the short term and for evolutionary ancestry in the long term is rats. I have a post-Armageddon vision. We and all the other large animals are gone. Rodents emerge as the ultimate post-human scavengers. They gnaw their way through New York, London and Tokyo, digesting spilled larders, ghost supermarkets and human corpses and turning them into new generations of rats and mice whose racing populations explode out of the cities and into the countryside. When all the relics of human profligacy are eaten, populations crash again and the rodents turn on each other and on the cockroaches scavenging with them. In a period of intense competition, Short generations, perhaps with radioactivity enhanced mutation rates, boost rapid evolution. With human ships and planes gone, islands become islands again, with local populations isolated, save for occasional lucky raftings. Ideal conditions for evolutionary divergence. Within five million years, a whole range of new species replace the ones we know. Herds of giant grazing rats are stalked by saber-toothed predatory rats. Given enough time, will a species of intelligent cultivated rats emerge? Will rodent historians and scientists eventually organise careful archaeological digs and through the strata of our long compacted cities reconstruct the peculiar and temporally tragic circumstances that gave rat kind its big break? Carl, thoughts? I mean, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> Well, that's about it for the second in the series of the Ricky Gervais Guide to. That was Natural History. I think we've left no stone unturned there, Rick. I think that is a definitive work. Um, if you've enjoyed the Ricky Gervais Guide to Natural History, why not go back and listen to the Ricky Gervais Guide to Medicine, if you haven't already? Or even if you have, because you know, it'd be revision. You know <laughs> what I mean? There will be a test. There will be a, there won't be a test. There won't be a test. We can't be... Uh, bothered. No. Um, and next in the series is the Ricky Gervais Guide to the Arts. Look forward Sorry, to that. Sorry, just clarify, that's the arts. Yeah. Right. Just Not the arts. Sorry, just yeah, the, arts. the way you speak. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it, you should never go away, people speak your words or... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, no, but <laughs> just be clear, be clear. Well, no, but you make you clear. Yeah, you're not being clear, 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 aren't you? You're making dumb, bumbling fool. And we won't even get on to Carl Pilkington. Dopey. Anyway. Thank you very much. From me, Ricky Gervais, with me, Stephen Merchant. Goodbye. And Carl Pilkington. 
Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program.